0: Hello and welcome back to the Pop Increase. Um, this is our tenth episode in, and we've like just expanded to other platforms. Uh, we moved out of SoundCloud, and we also witnessed an amazing World Test Championship final, which I think for a while we weren't expecting to have any result, but then the last two days really proved to be uh, pretty intense. Uh, I have with me our usual co-host Ani. Hello. And um, Anand's back as well once again, so yeah, I mean you guys know that my Google Pay is like pitchinging for a lot of time now.
1: Now soon you'll be having to pay
0: me, so get ready for that. Oh, So yeah, maybe the payback for all the <laughs> bribes I've taken.
1: <laughs> and the soaring popularity.
0: Oh yeah. You'll course. have to
1: pay back
2: the bribes with interest
1: basically.
0: Yeah. Okay, I didn't I didn't know that this was a sort of fixed deposit scheme working the other way around. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, what did you guys make of the final?
1: I mean, for all the hullabaloo about the rain, I mm-hmm. would argue that the rain made the final a lot more interesting. It led to a result because it made the first two in- innings quite difficult to bat on. Yeah, but I was extremely surprised that the last day led to a result. I mean. It was the best conditions to bat on. Um, the sun was out throughout. Okay, there was a little lip in the air, but you do expect the quality side to bat through and get themselves out of it. But credit the news, that I mean, they stuck to the areas and bowled extremely well, especially Jameson, who got the breakthroughs and arguably would have got more if Saudi had held on to that month's catch. So, yeah, it was a top-notch bowling performance.
0: So, did you did you think that the moment once catch was dropped, did you think that was the championship also dropped?
1: Yeah, I did. Like, I I absolutely did that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, come on. I mean, it, see, there was a little moment. I really didn't think it would be um, something like 170 all-out wicket. And mm. I think the commentators also thought this wasn't the case. And, okay, there was a little scare in New Zealand's run chase, but they got through pretty comfortably. I genuinely think that this wasn't a sort of wicket where you would expect a result. And when once spun catch was up, I thought, okay, it's done. But he not just somehow kept going to end? And I have to credit Williamson's captaincy here. I mean, it was exceptional in his fielding place. And we all know that he he adapts to Wagner's ideas quite well. But yep. he, I mean, what he did with Shami with the fly slip, I mean, that was incredible.
0: Yeah, that, that moment actually reminded me of... Uh... MS Dhoni keeping that straight field of a uh, Kyran Pollard. Uh, it was, I think, it was one of uh, like one of those sort of uh, captaincy moments where you can like you know take a leaf out of another person's book. Like it was just an, an amazing fielding decision. Um, Ani, what did you think? What did you make of the the whole test?
2: Yeah, I have a lot of thoughts. So one of the interesting things is I think in terms of like actual uh, quality of cricket. I I was actually a little underwhelmed. I think the match was super interesting like results-wise and like the fact that you know the last day there was still a little bit of a a doubt and you know when Ashwin took that second wicket I was like "Ooh, this is getting interesting. The but I think in terms of quality of cricket the quality of the batting and even like I don't think we saw the kind of deadly bowling with the level of consistency apart from I think like it was like the the spell from Saudi uh, at the beginning of the second innings was like probably like the best like bit of bowling I saw in the, in the test uh, overall. But yeah, I, I think that uh, the commentators kind of forced the, uh, like, kind of like, a, were a little hyperbolic with how great of a test match this was. I don't think this comes in my like, top five of the World Test Championship uh, games that I watched. Uh, but there are lots of like little nuggets. So the fly slip, the field placement, I would, I'm one of those people who's like give him man of the match just for that decision, you know. I mean, he did other good things as well. But honestly, that was like pretty fantastic. Uh, that was a pretty fantastic uh, and clever thing. That too, was for Mohamed Shami. You'd, you'd, you'd think that why, why would a captain even go to scheme for a player like Mohamed Shami? But like Shami had basically just hit the two most classiest shots mm. of the Indian innings at that point. Uh, so that was pretty great. And um, I think the with the, Rish- with the Rishabh punt catch, the interesting thing about a Rishabh punt innings is that he always is kind of, he's very streaky. He lives dangerously. Yep. He gets like second, third, fourth lives. Not necessarily drop catches, but you know, these half- he, he always creates half chances. You know, he's a mm. very like uh, heart on your sleeve type player. So, I, I thought when that catch was dropped, like, yeah, this is going to be another, like, Rishabh Punt 100, almost, you know, I thought he was going to go, but I he never really looked right. He he was, I, I don't think he ever looked right. I think the bowlers troubled him just enough that he got really frustrated and then uh, New Zealand's not dropping <laughs> two catches off Rishabh of yeah, Punt. And so, I think uh, the um,
0: second catch that they took off Punt, I think that was equal to taking two catches just because Nichols had to <laughs> run back and then, like, you know, uh, judge it properly and then the, the way he took it yeah. so calm and composed it was a pretty pretty impressive catch to take yeah really good catch really good catch
2: yeah so i think i'm glad that new zealand just he, they kept at Punt. i don't think that that drop really like affected them mentally you know usually that can take the wind out of your bowler's sails um and uh, and and they stuck to it you know they they, they stuck to their lines and their lengths and mm-hmm. Punt eventually got frustrated enough to play that play that shot and you know, uh, on another day it would have gone for a six, but you know, uh, it was it was it was good that New Zealand were able to capitalize. Yeah.
0: And also, with uh, just just knowing the trend that New Zealand has had in recent ICC finals, um, that drop and then the way uh, Jadeja and Pant were just chipping away, and even even when the first two wickets fell, did it did it like seem like oh, it's going to be another so close yet so far sort of situation?
2: So, at the time the second wicket went, right, so I thought things were interesting. I didn't, I, I it, it was still hard to believe that New Zealand would drop eight wickets in the, in yeah. that span, but I did think that Ashwin could get it closer than usual, and uh, one of my favorite moments and uh, moment that I predicted was obviously the first innings, New Zealand tail, uh, Tim Saudi with that awesome 30, great fun to watch that innings, uh, Kyle Jameson with the 21 as well, mm-hmm. um, you know that that was like that was obviously like peak India failing to bowl at the tail end. This one was a little bit fatigue as well, mm-hmm. and uh, I was like, okay, Ashwin, Ashwin, and you know maybe Shami is re- are really going to get us into the game, and six seven wickets down with maybe 40 40 runs 30 runs left to chase. I think then Jameson would have or Saudi would have taken them home. I think that was the scenario I was envisioning when that second wicket went down. But then when, the, when Williamson reviewed his decision and it fairly miraculously ended up missing the stumps, mm-hmm.
0: uh, I think then New Zealand was like in cruise control. Uh, I, I, at that point, yeah. I was like, yeah this, when, this when, was, when the review was being played and, you know, when they showed where the ball was hitting Williamson, even before they went to Hawkeye, you could see that the leg stump was kind of kind of shown, like partially. So, you know, the impact was on middle middle and leg. So when, when Hawkeye came and then you saw that the ball had done so much to completely miss the stumps, that, that just felt like oh luck, Lady Luck is just favouring favoring New Zealand right now. Yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, it did hit but, the outside of the pad, So I, I think it's, I don't think it's like a uh, And Yeah, Williamson out.
1: was so. quite shocked himself when the umpire gave it out. I mean, he didn't believe that that was out. So I think he expected as to how much the ball had uh, turned.
0: Yeah, because was yeah, a fairly confident review. Yeah, like when they yeah. took the review too, I think they they almost wasted like the entire fifteen, fifteen seconds. was like the last three or the last five seconds when they did go for it. So I mean, I guess the the rear the the old guard did did their job at the end of the day for New Zealand. Uh, but talk about the man of the match performance from Kyle Jamieson. This guy just loves bowling against India, doesn't he? He's He's taken two five-wicket hauls in three test matches against India. He has an average of 13 against India. Not that his overall average is that far away from that number, but it's still pretty impressive. And he's he has like a total of 16 wickets against India. How how impressive is this guy against just India? Are India his bunny?
1: And one thing which I find extremely impressive about Jameson is that he has this height advantage. He can extract... Ashrak- a lot more bombs, but he's still willing to pitch it full. And that's what I like a lot more about him. I mean, you can look at two other bowlers who came to Racine who are very tall, both Ishan Sharma and Monimokal. And Ishan Sharma was a lot more fiery back then, and Monimokal relied a lot on his Not that Both of them are, are disadvantaged approaches, but in such a wicket which aided a lot of swing and where the New Zealand bowlers in the first innings were erring on that line, especially Saudi and Bolton have a good new ball start. Jameson suddenly decided that he needed to pitch it fuller. And even in the first innings when Kohli and Rahane played well, um, it looked as if India was going to get a score 250 and even Maya win the match. And Jameson immediately corrected his lengths the next day and he got Kohli out to an absolutely beautiful delivery. And I think that's what makes him especially dangerous. I think he's just elevated his news inside. And I'm not being hyperbolic here. I think all the performances at home, he was the best bowler. But maybe barring one or two innings where Saudi just out him. Mm. But other than that, it's hard to look beyond Jameson right now. He's just elevated his news inside. And he has somehow managed to balance the act of both being attacking and defence at the same time. I mean, you see a lot of bowlers who are very attacking. Like stain for example, who was yeah. extremely successful with it. But... If you see his economy rate, it will be around 3.4. Jameson's right, economy rate is 2.3 and he's attacking and he pitches it full. I think I, I, I absolutely didn't know how any bathroom would play him in, on wickets like these. Uh, and um, I look really forward to seeing him in Asia.
2: So, I, I really like the attack-defense like sort of balance with that the point that you made, Anand. Because… What I was about to say, he's kind of like the best of all the New Zealand bowlers that were playing around him because he's got like the ability to move and the flair of Saudi and bold. But he's also got the, the discipline that sort of, you know, bowls that, that corridor consistently, that the thing that Wagner does so well. And yeah, he's got the that, that balance of, you know, being uh, getting the batsman to prod for a shot and get, get them out while also not giving them any room. Saudi and Bolt can occasionally give a uh, over pitch or give a ball that would go for a boundary and you know obviously they live with it because you know they're going to get the wickets at the end of the day and at the end of the day and uh, Wagner might not have the wicket tally that some of the other people have but he would be responsible for more wickets than his stat line shows because of the amount of pressure he puts and and how consistent he is and I think Jameson is like okay I'm not giving any runs I'm putting pressure on one end so uh, the guy at the other end of my spell can also get a wicket, thanks to this pressure. But also, I'm also asking so many questions of the batsman, I might actually just get four wickets myself. So it's really great. On the India being his Barney point, I mean, if he ends up being a mediocre bowler, which I really don't foresee uh, for the rest of his career, other than India, then he could be the reverse Stuart McGill. Uh, but <laughs> I, I, I think he's going to be a world-class <laughs> bowler all around.
0: Yeah, um, I think uh, today I was even reading an article on Wisden where uh, they they tagged uh, Jameson as a future all-time great. So, um, do you think we're going to see Sanjay Manjrekar lose it in a few years?
1: Oh, yeah, I'm definitely sure that he's going to pick one Asian performance that he did badly. Then say that he's no longer an all-time great. But uh, whether he's performed in Asia or not, I think these numbers are beyond outstanding. Yeah. I mean, I know it's been eight tests and okay, fine, the average is going to drop, but how consistent can a man get in eight tests? I mean, this is uh, to go back to someone in the nineteen hundred, Sydney Barnes had some sort of an average and Sydney Barnes played about twenty tests. And hmm. I don't know, maybe Jameson might do a Sydney Barnes here. Yeah, yeah and- Sydney
2: Barnes is universally regarded as an all-time great. Like he is like in you know, top 11 and stuff.
0: stuff. Yeah, so. yeah, so I, I guess Manjrekar won't have too much to like, you know, call back and say, oh, you know, X and Y are all-time greats and Jameson doesn't come in that pool when he has such numbers. Uh, but yeah, even, even talking about the Asia point, we got a glimpse of what we can expect from Jameson in, in India in the IPL. Of course, different formats, but he was still pretty good. Like, I mean, he was ridiculed a lot. I mean, RCB were ridiculed a lot for you know, uh, spending the big bucks on him. And, but he he held his, his value of the price tag. Like, didn't show pressure. Probably been their best bowler. So, I mean, I guess he's a very smart cricketer.
2: So, the thing with India is, I feel like the last series in England kind of uh, completely, like, we're sort of uh, prisoners of the moment because of that last test. Because the Ahmedabad pitch was just... So dead. And, you know, Chennai is usually renowned for being a spin heavy pitch anyway. But the thing is that India knows how to prepare pitches for seamers. If they want to play their three seamers, they can pay, prepare good wickets. So I think there is no reason that Jameson won't be successful, especially if he maintains the kind of uh, discipline and the ability to bowl those long spells and just not give anything. Uh, and I think New Zealand will look to him in Asia because they don't have that, you know, really top level spinner. So I, I don't see why he shouldn't be successful, and even with the new ball, it swings in India anyway. So I think I think he could be a fairly successful guy in Asia. I, I think Dale Steyn was always a great uh, fast bowler in Asia. I I don't see why uh, he can't be one as well.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a pretty fair point. And even just to add on to that, I guess even Jimmy Anderson pretty good in India. Uh, I even remember Mone Mokel having a couple of good tests in India. So um, I think I think that that Jameson has the the skills to to get those results in India too. And I think it'll be interesting to see how he he and New Zealand play out now when they tour India this year. Because I mean, there's going to be a narrative now definitely that you know oh they they won the World Test Championship, but it was a one off. Now they they're away from home and in Asian conditions. Uh, let's see if they can do it again. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, um, actually, just to add to your point, even Saudi and Bolt have reasonable figures in Asia. And Saudi actually is quite improved. I mean, in um, QAE in the 2018 um, series victory against Pakistan, the moment he was drafted and recited, both Bolt and Saudi Bolt exceptionally well in one news in the match and the series. So even Bolt has uh, has got fifers in um, Asia. So if Bolt and Saudi can do it, I think, and it might be a little premature, I think. Jameson's more skills than both of them. I feel he'll definitely at least trouble the batsmen in Asia and um, hope may- maybe we'll have a good series this time in India because I think the last series was quite dull. Mainly because New Zealand didn't have a good spinner. I yeah. hope Ajaz Patel uh, shows uh, his promise and works well in India. At least as a man to contain the flow of runs when the pace bowlers can also apply pressure on the other end. So, it should be a very interesting
0: series yeah that's fair um anyway moving moving to the the next next talking point um what what before we move on from the final itself last last few words on the final um what was your most memorable moment of the match
2: oh, okay i'll go so i already mentioned the uh, first innings tail in performance. But so I in order not to repeat, yeah. I'll actually go with uh, Kane Williamson's first innings. Um forty-nine of hundred and seventy seven. I was basically just kind of uh, working with the match in the background throughout mm-hmm. that and um it was a lot of pressure being put. Uh, I think uh, it was it was it was a great innings. This is, it's the innings that everybody expects from Pujara, but I think I mean Williamson Uh, real grit and grind innings and it came after like he kind of solidified that opening partnership that was built really well and uh, I think that foundation that he laid allowed New Zealand to kind of just chip away with uh, bits and pieces here and there to get that 32 point lead which seems fairly crucial now and I think what it also shows is that uh, the Indian bowlers were just kind of gassed by the end and I think that innings was super crucial. They didn't have the conditioning Ishan Sharma has not played in ages, Uh, Mm Bumrah has not played in ages. I mean, they played a little bit of IPL, Uh, but yeah, none of these guys have really played like high level uh, test cricket in ages. And so they were just completely gassed. Uh, And you could see Ishan Sharma just didn't bring it at all in the second innings. And um, the only guy that kind of brought it was Bumrah, really, in terms of just running hard and
0: doing something. But, you know, that's also an interesting point because... Bumrah wasn't at the top of his game. Like, I mean, you didn't get those wickets that he used to always get. So, um, like, I mean, he did. He was good in flashes, but yeah, I mean, I, I didn't really see him threaten the batsman a lot.
2: Yeah, I think he's playing himself back into form in, in the red ball because he got hurt and he played well in the Australia series till when he was playing mm-hmm. and then he got hurt and then he was, the, then, I mean, that India series was just a complete shit show for fast bowlers anyway. So, uh, you know, I I feel like he hasn't been given that uh, run of games in test cricket. I think he's slowly playing himself back into form. And I I can feel like by game uh, by game two or game three against England, he'd be back to what we know. But I think I, I, I'll have to credit Kane Williamson's innings there to sort of just blunt the energy out of the Indian mm-hmm. attack. I mean, if, to, to see Shami tired is like, I mean, that is... Uh, that has to be pretty. Like that's a big indicator of you know, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, uh, of of things going wrong for India. So yeah,
0: yeah. The the thing I liked about Williamson's innings too was uh, I think it effectively sort of uh, ruled out one uh, result for for good, which was India's win. And I mean I think that we were saying in uh, hindsight because when the first session ended, uh, it felt like New Zealand had. Played themselves into a corner with Tigrandom and uh, Williamson out there, and they really hadn't scored many runs in the first session of the fifth day. Uh, so yeah, like it felt like they they had they like backed themselves into a corner. Uh, but then that that quick fire innings later, and then with the from the from the tailenders and then Williamson uh, putting putting his foot down and then getting getting some more runs. I think that effectively almost played India out of a win in that game. Uh, but, yeah, uh, Anand, what was what was your favourite moment of this match?
1: I, mean, I agree with all your points about Williams. Actually, I mean, I thought the innings was too negative. But I was proved entirely wrong because the Indian bowlers tired themselves out. And Zealanders uh, have always been the best cricketers of attritional cricket. Mm-hmm. Uh, they keep probing and tiring you till they emerge on top. And Williamson's innings sh- just showed that because enders now played so freely and they got news in the crucial lead. However, I think for me, the uh, biggest moment of the game were, uh, was Jameson's spell on the 6th day morning. And the main reason I say it is because it was not the big weekend. I've repeated myself here, but I, I really need to emphasize that this was not uh, as dangerous as it was in the first um, three or four days. I mean, uh, there was a lot of sun and I think India could have comfortably played this out for a draw and then Jameson was such a disciplined and attack- yet attacking spell to get both Kohli, Pujara and he also would have got burnt out if uh, Saudi held the catch. And for me, that just changed everything. I'm just sure that New Zealand are willing to do whatever it takes to win. For me, that's the moment.
0: Yeah, Yeah, I completely agree because I think towards the the first one hour of the day, I didn't. I didn't really think that there was going to be a result in this game, and then suddenly two back-to-back wickets of both Kohli and uh, Pujara sort of, uh, you know, blew some steam into into the into the logs before it caught fire, if you want to say that. And then I, I think Rahane just gave his wicket away. I think after he got uh, well set or he was looking good at least, and then that was a pretty cheap i completely cheap expected that <laughs> i mean yeah i mean knowing how rahan has been playing it like yeah i mean i knew he wasn't going to make a big score but i that was india's biggest hope because he was looking pretty set uh but yeah it was a pretty cheap wicket to get away give away and i think that moment actually sealed it for me i knew new zealand were not going to lose it from there uh but yeah for me the moment of the game was uh jameson's uh first inning spell. I mean, I think that the whole first inning spell was probably some of the best fast bowling I've seen from from a bowler in a big final. And uh, I think that really set the tone also for what we could expect from New Zealand in the next few years. So that was my favorite moment of the game. Um,
2: So I just have like one last point I want to bring up. Because uh, Harsha Bhogle was kind of talking about this, where he looked at uh, all of India's tournament results since uh, we won in uh, 2013. Uh, it was a great tournament, yeah. and um, he was kind of look, trying to in cor- trying to look at you know as a team as India just kind of wilting away in big pressure situations. And I didn't really buy that entirely because these tournaments take part like so uh, you know. Uh, so far away from each other. And the bulk of uh, cricket that India and most of these countries play don't even count towards these big games. You know, these tournaments are like two-month things. Uh, but the thing that I was uh, in, the pattern that I was seeing is, I mean, Virat Kohli has been kind of bad in these uh, um, these big games. Uh, he has not been good in ICC knockout stages like to me the the greatest thing about Virat Kohli when he was rising was like just how clutch he was just the sheer number of match winning innings and the number of like brilliant chases and he had a very good first innings uh so overall I would say he had a decent game but I think that second innings was really the opportunity for Virat Kohli to stamp himself and be like no I'm not letting India lose here no matter what happens and I feel like it was it was kind of a missed opportunity, and as a pattern with all of the rest of these big games, plus you know some of the IPL big games that he's kind of squandered, I, I think that it's 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 a little disappointing considering the sort of tremendous hype and the body of work that he's shown otherwise. Um, I don't want to be a Kohli hater or something, but yeah, I think that was just a little disappointing for me.
0: Yeah, I I actually honestly thought that Kohli would actually get that big innings because it's been a while and I, I said that even in the preview I thought this was going to be Kohli's big day and uh, it didn't happen both the time uh, he came out to bat um, Anand what, do you have anything on that?
1: In, yeah, I mean I think we both predicted that Kohli was due a big knock yeah. and he would get it in the final it wasn't to be I mean first innings you, you can't blame him much it was hard to play that ball but yeah. uh, the second innings I mean no excuses, really. That no excuses. <laughs> <Yeah>. 2014, Kohli. <laughs> uh, I mean, it, it, it really wasn't a shot I, I understand Jameson's plan. I mean, the plan was especially good. But Kohli is a world-class batter. I mean, if he had bowled this to a lesser batter, maybe someone who averages in the 40s, I would agree, fine. That's a great plan and he got it working. But you expect Kohli to see through them and at least not fend at the ball. Which is why I mean, I did this so well in the 2018 series, so it was quite surprising to see him throw his wicket away, even though the plan was quite good.
2: Yeah, and yeah. our most consistent batsman over the last over the two innings is actually Rohit, which is uh, a <laughs> nice, which nice amount of also is a
0: bit of a painful sort of thing for the Indian fans to like, you know, look back at, because you know he also always plays himself into a good position and then gets out at the worst possible time, like. Every time gets thirties, forties, and then just can't kick on.
1: Except in India.
0: Uh, like I mean, mm. that's a complete different story.
1: No, yeah, but I mean, like, in India, he makes sure it counts. That is yeah. the only thing. I when feel Yari like
2: does. I feel like he's had beginnings even in uh, abroad places. I think um, there was like a Centurion haunted that was super clutch. There was the in mm. the tri in the tri series that was like one of his breakout moments, where uh, we had to. Shares like 300 plus and 40 overs, and he yeah. like really like stepped up there. And the 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 World T20s, you know, the ones that we unfortunately choked away, he he was not the reason. He was not the reason. He was really good in all of those. So I feel like um, something has changed since the the World Cup, like from the World Cup onwards, where he hasn't had that signature defining innings yet for like two years now. Mm. Um, and that, I, I would I would go as so far as to say that first innings was pretty class. I, I really loved it, but yeah, it's just a, a little disappointing. Like I want to see Virat Kohli have like that amazing innings for a long period of time because he's one of those guys that from ball one looks so comfortable, looks so dominant. So uh, yeah, that's that's just something that I wanted to bring up.
0: Yeah, I think that was a, that was actually a good point to bring up because we we did completely gloss over the colossal. Um, collapse, if you want to call that, of Indian of the Indian batting lineup in the second innings. Um, but yeah, great great final. Uh, I think overall ICC has done pretty well in adding some context to Test cricket. A um, lot of learnings. Uh, I think we can expect most changes in the third edition probably. But uh, hopefully in the second edition we see some uh, more changes to the way the final is played. For instance, I would Rather have it in the UAE where um, the weather is not going to annoy the fans uh, when when the game's happening. So that's maybe something the ICC can look at. Um, And yeah, moving moving uh, forward from the final itself, but still staying on the World Test Championship. um, We guys thought we could come up with uh, a World Test Championship 11, like the best 11 from just this edition of the World Test Championship. It covers all the teams that have taken part. And um, it's only going to take uh, into consideration the series that were played in the WTC edition one. So uh, there there could have been some amazing performances outside of the WTC, uh, but those won't be considered for the 11. Um, So uh, I think we can start with Anand. Anand, what, who would you choose as the skipper of this team?
1: Okay, so this is going to be a little tricky, I think. Uh, but I would, now the skipper also has a community team based on his batting performances, so there are just two candidates for me. Uh, one is Williamson and the other is Root. And you can make arguments against Williamson's away record and Root's mm-hmm home record surprisingly. Uh, but um, the thing is with Williamson, he led his side to the final and his captaincy was excellent there. And he played two crucial innings. So I think Williamson just edges it over for me. Of course, I mean, we are going to see some shuffling in the batting order because there are more candidates, more mm-hmm. deserving candidates in the batting front in his position. But at least on the captaincy thing, I think I would give it to Williamson.
2: Okay, um. so I didn't even I didn't even think of that. So I just put eleven, and none of them are actually captains. And I just decided, okay, let me just put you know one of the the most deserving guy amongst these is
1: mm-hmm. the
2: captain. I, I would agree with Anand that I would pick Williamson slightly ahead of Root. I think it's neck and neck there, mm-hmm. um, but uh, I don't have either of them actually <laughs> in the. Who
0: would be the, your in captain?
2: In in my eleven, you could uh, pick one of a few guys to be the captain. Mm-hmm. Um, Steven Smith. <laughs> wow. <Okay. laughs> after after everything, but uh, uh, yeah, Steve Steven Smith is like the most. This thing, I guess Stokes is captain, so I I, I might give it to Stokes.
0: Mm. Right. Okay, that's actually pretty interesting. So I mean, if you're not going with a conventional captain, then I guess um we don't really have to pick someone who did captain their country. So I mean, Anand, do you want to change your view then?
1: Um. Yeah. So this is a little tricky. I mean, I was going. and I think I planned on taking Williamson in anyway, mm. Uh because I mean, yeah, you could say he had a uh, he didn't have a great away record, but I think his average is still fifty-eight. He was top New Zealand top scorer,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and surprisingly, I don't have any other New Zealand on my team.
0: Wow. Other oh. Than,
1: so oh, I mean, the best option I can bring is Jameson, but. I'm, I'm still thinking about Jameson a little bit because the away performance is still there and I'm just wondering if I should take him purely based on home. But I could be persuaded otherwise. I, yeah. I have no problem with including him. But yeah, Williamson was my only choice though. His position would have to be shifted. I think he was yeah. a number four for me since so, um, yeah. so I was a number three.
2: So I have yep. a suggestion. Do you want to like go position by position?
1: I think yeah, that would be the best and idea. And then we can once go position by the election. position, yeah, and set the captain, and then we can set have a twelfth man for um you know turning wickets or pacey wickets or whatever. Like yeah.
0: Um. Okay. Okay. So then, uh, that that's fair. So I guess then, um, Ani, you can start off with the opener. So. One-
2: one opener. Okay. I have three choices for opener. I didn't know who, uh, and I think one of them somewhat clearly made it. So Latham made it for me,
0: mm. like clearly, right. and then
2: there was a, a toss up between the other two guys. So I'll, I'll pick Latham. Right.
0: I'm curious to hear what you
2: guys pick if you, has, if you have I mean, something else.
1: Okay. The obvious choices are Latham and Rohit Sharma. But for me, the yeah. one who clearly makes it by a country mind is Timut Karna Rakhne. And he's not an obvious choice. I'll tell you why his run, but look at his record in the World Championship. His average is 58.87. He has hit four half-centuries and four fifties. And all of these have come out in different conditions. So, he's hit in South Africa. He's hit in West Indies. He's hit in Sri Lanka. And one of his innings, he was very crucial to chase 280 against New Zealand in the fourth innings. And that was a match-winning performance. I think that deserves a lot more credit than it was normally given. I mean, um, he he's played all over the world and he's played very well and has been one of the rare shining lights in the Sri Lankan campaign. But I'm, I'm excluding someone like Thirimane who recently shined and Patan Nisanka who mm. they might look for the future. But Karna Ratne has by far been the best opener in uh, terms of the versatility is shown because he's played in every different condition. Roch Sharma has the best average, I think. But Roch Sharma's um, all his great knocks were in India. And uh, I think because of this um, um, score, um, scoring in different conditions, I think Karna Ratne easily makes it into my team.
0: Yeah, no no qualms there. I think actually in my 11, uh, it was both Latham and Karna Ratne who were opening. Oh, okay. I, so I was thinking
2: perfect. actually um, I was actually thinking Warner might get a shot because I was just remembering like the 300 and like some of the beginnings he hit were like super big. But that's and, the other um, thing
0: that uh, happened with Warner is um, his his major runs came in one series which was against with Pakistan and uh, he was yeah. pretty, pretty dubious in the ashes on, on his return. Uh, ashes, yeah. Yeah, so
2: I would I, 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 I would go with uh, Karnarathne, I think that was pretty yeah. persuasively argued uh, over Rohit as well. Who, I mean, I would just want Rohit in any team just so that I can watch him back. But yeah, Karnarathne. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> um, well, okay. Then coming coming to so wait Latham. we agree Latham and Karnarathne. Yeah, yeah. We I I'm yeah. I'm for both of them. I don't. Think yeah, that's fine. I
1: was I, I actually went with Karnarathne and Rohit, but I can live with Latham. I'm fine with that.
0: Okay then, so we got we got our opener set. Uh, moving moving to number three, uh, I don't think there is a there's a better option at number three than Manas Labshade. Easy, yeah,
2: I maybe mean, yeah,
0: is the easiest
1: decision in the team.
2: Wasn't he like a unanimous batsman of the tournament for us? Yes, <laughs>
0: so. yeah,
1: yeah. So number four, I think. I don't the,
2: think anyone the, has the big four. The Fab Four. Who do you pick out of the Fab Four?
1: Um, okay, so Steve Smith is a great shout. Uh, and I don't think anyone's going to have gone the same But one thing which you might want to note for Australia is that they did not have an away series other than the Ashes. And Steve Smith's performance against Pakistan wasn't great, mind you. I mean, Yashin hmm. Shah got his it was, okay. Uh, week. Yeah. It was okay. Yeah, was okay. And it was mostly Labuschagne and Wonder. And against New Zealand too. I think it was Labuschagne who dominated the series, but. Yep. His right he did get two centuries against India. I think one or two centuries against India. So, mm-hmm. I mean, considering yeah. the options we have, I would go with Steven Smith as my first pick. And I will go with Williamson as my second. But yeah, I'm interested in uh, your opinions.
2: I'm going Smith because I think even the series, he was kind of bad and like he was bad for his standards. But his standards are just, I think like among the four guys, he is head and shoulders
0: above the rest in test match cricket. Like Easy. in terms of just his ability to score runs. Um, There's actually that uh, I read this somewhere where um, Steve Smith need not play Test cricket for a whole year and he'll still be the number one ranked batsman in the Fab Four.
2: Yeah, uh, the the so yeah, I went with Smith and I mean obviously that Ashes was absolutely massive for him. Yeah, I think uh, I I mean if I was to rank them, I would go Smith ahead clearly of Williamson, not by far, but clearly. Williamson and Root are almost neck and neck, and then those two are uh, ahead of Kohli for the World Test Championships, right. uh, very specifically. Right. Uh, I and mean, I don't know where you want to put Babar Azam there if you want even add him. But uh, I went Smith this uh, number four.
1: Yeah, and Baba I don't have any Razaan. of the others
2: in my team. I don't have any of the others in my team at all.
1: Yeah, I mean I agree. I mean Babar Azam. Okay, he looks very good, and I really wish he could transfer his ODI farm into test but he's played these attractive forties and fifties. He hasn't got a big score. If I wanted to, to trust the batsman in Pakistan, I would rather trust Fahad Alam. because I know he'd get a big score for sure, or he'd get out.
0: Yeah, um, but yeah, I think yeah. Uh, so I'm I'm Smith. Yeah, i And yeah, we
1: are all. I think we're all Smith. I think the all- Ashes yes. series was one of the best performances yeah, by a batter I've seen in a recent while. I think. Uh, for that itself, I would just say Smith uh, in a heartbeat.
2: So the question is do we play Williamson or Root at five?
0: No, I, I, don't I, think, I don't think I would have either of them at five. For me, number five has to be Ben Stokes. Okay. So. I yeah.
1: went with Ben that's, Stokes that's at number six idea. because I think he can play that role. I mean, I one thing I didn't think about too much was positions because um, Williamson's and Stokes and all can adapt to these versions well. Yeah. I would. I mean, I would. I can yeah. play Steven Smith at five. It, I wouldn't mind because I know Smith would do this well. And Williamson at four, Manas and Williamson at three and four would provide the ideal platform. I mean, if you are considering a hypothetical mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. match for Smith to come and dominate the attack and score six hundred, seven hundred runs. I mean, mm-hmm. for the team. That is so. Uh, I wouldn't mind playing Williamson at four. And Smith at 5 and then Stokes at 6 because I think Stokes has done quite well at 6. I mean, he played his yeah. one of his best counter-attacking innings at 6. So, it would also allow him so, to a lot more, in my opinion. Okay. So, yeah.
2: so, I think we can all agree that Stokes is in our team as like the premier all-rounder. Yeah, yeah, so, I want to go to my 6. My 6 is actually Henry Nichols. I picked Nichols ahead of Williamson. Oh, okay. I, I don't know how controversial that is. But uh, is there any other like lower order batsman?
1: Nichols is actually five as well. <laughs> I mean, yeah, uh, I mean thing. Nichols
2: is five now. Uh, he was six for 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 a decent yeah. while,
1: right? I mean, um, one thing about Nichols, which I might caution, is that his form um in the start of the World Test has been particularly great. It took the Pakistan series for him to get back into his nick, and he played quite well against England, but. Uh, I don't know that um, warrants an immediate uh, space, place in this uh, World Test Championship team, which is why I went for Williamson, who has the better record. Okay. But yeah, if there are any other options, I think you can pick a rather unpopular option between among you two, which is Rahane, India's top scorer. Um, I know I've, that um, <laughs> he's I've been consistent.
2: He's just been more consistent. Has yeah, been but
1: more... one thing I would say for Rahane... And um, all the points about his consistency are fair, but when he is in a partnership, he's always dug India out of difficult situations, and that has happened quite a few times in this World Test Championship. He has played a supporting act well, and he's also managed to he also managed to get a great hundred at Melbourne yeah. to win India the series. So, if I were to go, if I were to not pick Williamson, for me, Williamson is my automatic uh, number four, and Smith at five then I might be tempted to look at Rahane because he has at least um, played as a good support act in many situations. And I think you have a lot of good batters here to uh, dominate while Rahane can play a quiet support.
2: Yeah. I mean, if if we're picking Rahane, you also have to, like, shout out Joss because he's also been super inconsistent but has had, like, these big innings. And... Maybe maybe his the accumulation of runs is not quite there with Rahane, but I think it's kind of been similar. I feel that way about like Jermaine Blackwood as well. Like uh, there's something about Rahane that just feels off. I don't mind picking Williamson, but I think uh, between Rahane and Nichols, I think Nichols has just been like far more consistent. And he's actually like Williamson has been a little hot and cold this season, uh, this uh, World Test Championship. So that's why I... Uh, I went with Nichols as well, but uh, I'm fine with Williamson
0: as the other batsman. So, what what it's come down to is who was the better of the hot and cold. Because all the three options that we have, all of them have blown hot and cold to an extent. Um, So, I mean, I think the best of that would probably be Williamson for me too. So, I mean, in that sense, it'll be uh, Latham, uh, Karunaratne, uh, Labishane Smith. Uh, I mean, Labuschagne, and Williamson-Smith and then the next would probably be Stokes or are we going a different direction? Uh, I'm i I go Stokes at six, yeah. Oh, great. So, then we've got six players in the team now, uh, which then brings us to seven, which is usually the wicketkeeper spot. Um, I, for me, yeah, it's it has to be punt. Yeah,
1: it's punt for me as well. Purely because of his match-winning ability. I mean, the only wicket-keeper who came closest to him is Mohamed Rizwan. I mean, I'm not advocating Mohamed Rizwan over punt. I'm still picking punt but I just wanted to give Rizwan his due shout. Rizwan did play some key innings for Pakistan in transition, and he also came in a lot of under-pressure situations. So, at least he doesn't... He. I mean, the thing is, Punt is my clear winner, but it's not by a country mile or anything like that.
0: Right. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, but I guess um, the just the clutch ability that Punt holds, I think that that picks yeah,
1: exactly. His match-winning ability yeah. definitely puts him over this one. But I think this one will do a lot better in the coming years.
2: I do want to shout Jadeja because I don't know if any of you have picked him as a bowler. He's my
1: twelfth man actually, but
2: yeah, uh, I, I, that's that's it for me too. But I think that Jadeja has a good. Uh, way to sort of sneak into this uh, kind of line. Like you could play uh, Marnus, Smith, Stokes, Punch, Jadeja uh, as well. Because Jadeja has been very clutch. He's had a lot of very good innings, yeah. batting, bowling, both. So, I, I would lean towards Anand, I think, 12th man, but I just wanted to shout him out. To be
0: honest, it's, I don't think there's a better number 8 right now than Ravi Jadeja.
2: Yeah, but I had another guy at number eight.
1: Yeah, I think we all had the same guy. If I'm correct, it's Ashwin, right? Yep. I would yeah. put him one
0: spot lower than Jadeja, actually.
2: So, what I had was I picked one spinner and three pacers. Yeah, but, I picked uh, the same but... is the 12th man, and so, yeah, you can swap. You can just insert... Yeah, that's into... exactly what I had
1: in mind, because, uh, yeah. I mean, based on the conditions, there was no other better spinner in the world. Test championship. I mean... The only other guy was Akshav Patel and he had just won the series. And yeah, Lion didn't have a good test championship either. So, for me, it's Jadeja number 12. And if yeah. it also leaves the option of playing a second all-rounder if needed. Exactly. So, so if the pitch is kind I, of I flat, that, yeah.
2: if, if the pitch is kind of flat, you can trust Jadeja and Ashwin at 7-8. Then exactly.
0: you can so take out I all the batsmen. I bats think
1: he'd be an ideal 12th man. I mean, Ashwin at 8. But yeah, Alankar may have a different um, no, perspective.
0: No, the thing is, I, I just felt like six uh, like coming six down is uh, a spot too high for Ashwin, uh, which is the reason why I, I had him one spot lower. But, I mean, I guess um, two spinners is probably a luxury in most conditions apart from Asian conditions. So, I think I, I do agree with you guys. So, it's probably Ashwin.
2: Yeah, and I think Ashwin's had some good innings at number eight recently.
0: Yeah, to get yeah. some and more just. Yeah. Also, looking at the yeah. batting that we have before Ashwin, I think it's fine that he comes in. Yeah.
1: Um, I think the pacers are going to be the most trickiest aspect to hand because there are plenty of pacers who did well. I think um, yeah, Pacer, the WTC. one
2: guy is really obvious that's coming. Right?
1: Yeah. And yeah, he also gives you the batting. So at nine, it's not a long tail as such. because
2: couples yeah. can for bat me. a little as well. Yeah. For me, the second guy was also very obvious because uh, Anand, you made a very persuasive case for him last week, which is uh, Jimmy Anderson. So yeah. those yeah. two yeah, were like, the easy ones like. for me. Uh, yeah. Alankrit, did you yeah. have?
0: Then we're left with a batsman at number 10. I mean, someone at number 10 because Anderson can't
1: come at number 10. He has to be the 11th player. No, no, I, I was just yeah. picking
2: two bowlers. I was just picking. Yeah,
1: a we are just picking two paces, and then I think we can shuffle the order based on our yeah. choices.
0: So for me, I think um, there's, there are two players who I would pick as the 10th bowler. Um, I mean, 10th player, which uh, one is probably an unpopular choice, which would be um, Andrik Nokia. Uh, unpopular for, I mean, I guess because South Africa didn't really have a great WTC and not you don't really remember much of Nokia's performances except for the recent test where, he you know, he just was unplayable in the first test game. So uh, I don't think that he would be a popular choice to be in a World Test Championship eleven But um, coming to the more popular choice, I think it'll be Tim Saudi for me. Because uh, he, he's been splendid for New Zealand and he's also good with the bat. Uh, I think he, he beats uh, Shami, Siraj, and Bumrah in my team.
1: I mean, there is Ishant. And uh, I mean, for me, it was a toss up between Ishant and Stuart Broad, though I agree Broad was extremely dominant in England and had a good series in South Africa. But I mean, those numbers are hard to look. He played a handful of games and he got 69 wickets. So and I'm just tempted uh, to pick him just for the numbers alone. But uh, I can I, I think I would pick go with Ishan at uh, 10. No, okay, you can say that it's a little bit of a long tail. But um, yeah, Ani, do you have any other uh, options?
2: Uh, my choice that I went with. So I was thinking broad as well. I was th- I mean I know I made the case for Ishan. Um, But then I was uh, Broadleashan brought, brought were kind of there in the periphery. I considered naughty as well. I went with Hazelwood. I went with Josh. I think he's been. I think Cummins has kind of been like he's been sort of uh, like a nine just throughout. You know the t- championship, and Hazelwood has kind of oscillated between a ten and an eight throughout the championship. And so I I, I like. I, I think just some of those like just bucket load of wicket taking innings that he's had, and he's great average. He's had like one more wicket than uh, uh, than Naughty, but at a much better average, similar strike rate. So um, Sa- him and Saudi are actually neck and neck. Him, Saudi, Broad yeah. all somewhat neck and neck. Yeah,
1: Broad has exactly. taken
2: more wickets. Broad has just taken more wickets, but he's played more matches as well. So uh, for yeah. me, it is really like, I don't know who you want to take between those three. You could take Broad and Saudi because they bat a little better mm. and yeah. uh, drop out Hazelwood. I wouldn't mind that. But I, I sort of edged with Hazelwood. I just, this, the the 36 all out is still like sort of PTI for me. And I think that that's kind of. Uh... Yeah, the
1: only
0: reason okay. why I would leave out Hazelwood is because um, that would essentially mean you're playing two number 11s at. Ten and eleven with both Jimmy and Hazelwood, Uh, and you already have a proper swing bowler in Jimmy in your side. So maybe you can have a proper swing bowler plus someone who can give you something else with the bat too. So you know, like. I mean,
2: I think Saudi is more of a redundancy with Jimmy. Right? Saudi is more. I think Hazelwood and Broad are similar because they are more off the team guys. Exactly.
1: I mean, Saudi doesn't. I mean, I love Saudi, and I think he's improved a lot, but. Um, Jimmy has greater swinging abilities, and Jimmy, uh, I mean, Southie's in swinger is basically his three-quarter seam, and uh, it's not a very vicious in swinger as Jimmy Anderson has. So mm-hmm. I don't see the particular need for Southie in this, but I wouldn't mind having him. I think he has had a great WTC. Um, one mm-hmm. thing which I like to look at when I want to frame this thing is that uh, all uh, all pitch performance. I mean cummins has played in really four series and one of them was in england but his mm. performance were so good it's impossible to overlook and broad i think um, though he's got a lot of wickets it's mostly in england so i think yeah. uh, we can eliminate him but so that's why anderson
2: was a shoe in for me as well like anderson is exactly. in.
1: so the problem with hazelwood is again like i said i picked cummins purely because he was so good in those four series even though he didn't play in asia and uh, that's one reason why I want to leave Hazelwood out because I feel his Australian side hasn't been tested away enough, barring England, to uh, merit a lot of inclusions in the bowling department because you have bowlers have performed a lot better away. And um, if you look at that, Ishan played well in both India, as you rightly said in the last week's shout for him. I think he played well in India and he did well in the West Indies. Mm-hmm. So, I think that yeah. makes him a sort of a better inclusion. As yeah. for Natia, I'm, I'm I'm quite a big fan of Natia and I'm happy to see South Africa get proper pace bowler who can bowl at 150 Ks. I mean, it's been quite a while since we saw that. But my only thing is, he did not have a good series in India. And mm-hmm. uh, Rabada was the better bowler there. So, I, I'm wondering yeah. if I should actually include Natia. When there are a lot uh, of candidates have done exceptionally well, even though it's been in one particular pitch like home or away. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm, I am I, I absolutely don't know. Maybe Ishant's my pick, but if you have any other options... Yeah, actually, like I'm a bit
0: con- convinced of right now, given You're convinced the, the argument. So, I, I think
2: it's kind of like, uh, if we're looking at it purely stylistically, so, like, Cummins or Nortier can be, like, your, like, express pace, like, hit the deck hard type guy. Um, broad, um, Hazelwood, and uh, Ishant are sort of, you know, move things off the scene. Mm. Uh, good lines, good lines. And then uh, your Saudis, your Bolts, uh, and um, uh, Jimmy are all like sort of like just classic swing yeah. guys. Uh, the wild card in all of this is obviously Carl Jameson, who's only played seven games. But I mean, he's, only, he's played like only three less than Stark.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, I, seven I wouldn't games. mind taking it back
2: like, he's the super wild card. Like, he just come out of nowhere. Mm. I wanted to see how Shaheen had done, but that, it's actually not that great. But yeah, Kyle Jameson is uh, is like the wild card guy we can go. If you guys are in for the Jamison bandwagon, I'm cool with that. Otherwise, I'll pick shot as well. As- I
1: actually think I'm willing to go towards the Jameson bandwagon. Purely because of his final performance. Not, I mean, I would have, if Inuzen had lost this final, I would have said, Okay, Jameson's great, but all his performances were at home. Mm. But really, it's, it's impossible to overlook his uh, influence in this New Zealand side, and I think maybe just for that, I'm I'm willing to jump in on the Jameson bandwagon if you guys are willing. I like, I'm I'm okay with picking more dish. And He Also, has more batting in the lineup, so I think it's not a bad choice at all.
0: Yeah, so I guess after oscillating between almost all the options possible, we've come back to our wild card, which is Jameson. So I think that makes the Levin, which uh, and
2: you are happy because the batting is strengthened so much. Yeah,
0: more. yeah definitely. I think, um, especially if this side is playing an India side, they're they're going to he can play ahead
2: of Ashwin. You can play ahead of Ashwin.
0: True, true, and and yeah, if they if they're facing the three Indian fast bowlers, they're going to score easily hundred runs between them, which is going to win them the Test match. So, <laughs> I think so... That, yeah.
2: Yeah, I I agree with that. So I was just kind of, I'm looking at the wickets that I'm looking at the stats sheet right now. And uh, I mean, obviously, Ashwin is head and shoulders when it comes to spin. And uh, obviously, Jadu has been kind of right there. Um, You know, he's had a, he's done everything. And you want to bring him, but just purely in terms of spinners, uh, do you think like Lyon, I know he had a bad series against India, but like Nathan Lyon, uh, not best. Ah, uh, Leach and uh, Yasser Shah. Do you think these guys are, or even Rakim Cornwall, in this small sample size?
1: I mean, uh, Yasser Shah did quite badly in both Australia and in New Zealand. That's why he yeah. was dropped for the a, Zimbabwe yeah. series. I mean, I think even in the Pakistan home series, Nauman Ali was the better spinner against South Africa than yeah. Yasser Shah, and Hasan Ali was by far the best bowler in the series. So. Yeah. I, I don't think Yazid Shah definitely merits. Lyon, I can agree to an extent he did well against New Zealand, Pakistan and, uh, uh, this, and England. But I think he could have won the Sydney test for um, Australia and he should have won the Sydney test for them because there was a turn, there was quite a bit of assistance in that wicket and he blew it away. And You know what happened uh, in that series. Mm. So I think for that alone, Lyon doesn't yeah. Leach is a good argument, but Leach has only two series, one against Sri Lanka, another against India, and in the Ashes, he is more remembered for staying with Stokes at the other end and his yeah. bowling.
2: I mean, he's so, actually accumulated a lot of wickets. His advance yeah, stuff I mean, kind
1: of like he's over Pujara. Exactly. I mean, and Pujara has a great record against left-hand Spinal, and Leach made him his bunny. So, yeah. I mean, Leach is a fair show. I won't deny that, but just bowling, I mean,
2: just for bowling. Uh, yeah, just for bowling. Jadeja's...
1: Because Jadeja's bowling record hasn't been as good as Leach, if I'm correct, because Leach has hmm. more wickets. has yeah, way more the, wickets,
2: but in terms of like their, their uh, frequency and their average, and like because Jadeja is yeah. also not bowling nearly as much as Leach is.
1: I mean, he did oh. bowl in West Indies, where he was frankly not good, but India's bowling attack and West Indies' poor batting lineup took care of all their um, issues yeah. with the spinner. But, yeah, I mean, Jadeja is not the good spinner away. I think uh, we can uh, think about that. But, yeah, just the batting alone just puts him ahead of Leach. Uh, because I think Leach is the closest for me in terms of spinners. And, yeah, in terms of batting, I, I would
2: just go with Jadeja. Sir. Just a, a lack of world-class spinners. None of the Sri Lankan spinners have actually, like, made uh, much of a dent.
1: I mean, Daniel.
2: Embol, no, but Daniel has been, like, kind of expensive yeah. and
1: very it's work, it's, yeah
2: like yeah i'd argue that it's
1: because the sri lankan attack uh, depended solely on him yeah uh, because Lakmal was out for but, most of but it's matches not even against, um, it's, yeah
2: yeah but it's not even like rangana herath level yeah, he like, you know inflated. So i like i, I, I don't I, even I, think it's yeah no yeah. it's just surprising to see i mean it's actually just generally a lack of world class spin bowlers but, yeah i
1: mean the, the biggest surprise was when Lanka relied more on their bases to win against Bangladesh at home rather than their spinners. And I think that tells you everything.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Maybe India needs to send some of our spinners, you know, to to these countries, honestly. <laughs> like this. Yeah.
0: Like maybe an exchange program. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess uh, that, that makes up our, our eleven. Yeah. Um, no players
2: from Pakistan or West Indies. Or I think, yeah, I think
0: both uh, Holder and Fawad Alam just got outclassed. That's by, yeah. by Stokes, I mean. Yeah. Fawad
1: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, Alam played only two or three series, so that's true. can't do much. I mean, he should have played more, but that's Pakistan's uh, stupid selection policy. So, yeah. yeah.
0: So, I mean, I guess if we have a... Fifteen-man squad, both would be in it, but just don't make the eleven ahead of Ben Stokes. Um, but yeah, I guess that that could take us to the the next segment of our show, which is um, also sort of making a a Test eleven, a World Test eleven in this uh, in this uh, segment, which would face off against the New Zealand eleven that won the final. So, who would be a World eleven to play them in a one-off game.
1: In, it would basically I, be
2: these guys. But I mean, I would
1: prefer some Australians and the main reason is I think New Zealand performed worst against Australians. I don't know if it's some psychological uh, issue because I, I really expect them to perform a lot better against Australia especially with Wagner doing that but Wagner was the only one who performed. Uh, maybe Blundell, but that's it. So, I mean, I'm, I would be even tempted to include Warner in the side ahead of Latham. I mean, I'm obviously, you're not going to pick New Zealand players here. So, I would be even tempted to include Warner just because Australia have this psychological edge over New Zealand. But mm-hmm. yeah, if you want to go for the best team, then yeah, probably Roach Sharma would be the opener. So, we
0: essentially have to replace Latham, Williamson and uh, Jameson in the so, Jameson's easy.
2: I mean, we can do Ishant because that was a... Yeah.
1: I mean, I would actually go to Hazelwood, and again, this is... Oh, just because of the reasons. Aussie for the yeah, Aussie. just because of the Aussie age, I would I would actually go Hazelwood. I mean, actually, Stark had... I mean, Stark's best series is against New Zealand. If uh, it's a
2: pink ball test, I'd go Stark, otherwise, no.
1: Yeah, I mean, but I think Stark's form has been pretty ordinary, and he was very bad against India, so I'd just go to Hazelwood instead of uh, Jameson.
0: Right. So then, to open, it would be Rohit Sharma or David Bonner, Who Who are you picking?
2: I'd go. I'd go Rohit actually, because I think he f- found a way to actually contract the New Zealand bowlers in these conditions pretty well. So, um, seeing yeah, that performance, I'm uh, Rohit looks a lot more promising now.
0: Right. And I think. Uh, the, the like the the like for like replacement for Williamson would be Virat Kohli because I mean they play the same position. In I would go, Root. I'd yeah, go Root. I would
1: go Root because. Oh okay. Yeah, I mean, I at least if we go by recent form, I think Root is better. Oh yeah, if we're
2: going all-time rankings, I'd go Virat, and I'd yeah. go Warner in opening if we're going all-time exactly. rankings. I'd so go...
1: we we if we aren't going to pick Warner, and I don't see a case for. The dark,
2: Megan, yeah, I'd go actually then Warner and Elgar instead of Rohit and Karnaratne if we're doing like overall, like not just world championship form.
1: Yeah,
2: I'd go Warner and Elgar for my I would go Karnaratne purely because he
1: chased and won the game for Sri Lanka against New Zealand. So fair, fair, yeah, yeah that's
2: the... or I mean, even Kusal Pereira for one off, but yeah, like, yeah, I, I don't mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kusal
1: Pereira is such a funny anomaly, he's not in that test squad now. Yeah. So, so are we
2: are we go uh, are we doing like based on world virtue? Ch- are we just, just replacing just, guys yeah. on world test championship form or just overall
0: championship form? I think that would be better. Just just WTC.
2: The, WTC. Then I'm fine with yeah, Rohit at me. Name, I'm fine with Rohit
1: as well. And then yeah.
2: bringing Root in for Kane and uh, I don't mind whoever for um, for uh, Jameson. I, I I'm cool with Hazelwood. He was my <laughs> first choice anyway.
0: Right, so then that that makes that eleven pretty easy. Just swapping out the Kiwis for Rohit, uh, Root, and uh, Hazelwood. So um, if if this game were to happen, I actually think the Kiwis would lose pretty badly.
1: Yeah, I think so too. I mean. Uh, there's always there's already a greater
2: spinner and yeah the batting lineup is better than the Kiwis batting lineup I mean it's a World Test
1: level after
0: all so. Smith at five that is the thing that goes. I mind mean, <laughs> yeah exactly the when there's Ben Stokes and Prisha punt following that up so <laughs> it's,
2: yeah and I think uh, Stokes is like the perfect sort of partnership breaker type dude mm, yeah um, I think I yeah. think New Zealand could win this if they're playing at home I think this they they're uh, Regardless of the opposition and whether their style suits New Zealand, I think New Zealand are just kind of a, a juggernaut at home in a way that uh, yeah. they. they kind I mean, of if they are playing at home, I'll just
1: bring Warner in. That's
2: it. Yeah, but <laughs> I mean, even a... then, I think I'd give New Zealand a fair shot to win that game. But I think if you're playing neutral venue, if you're, if you're doing like a Lords test, because I guess that's the default. Mm. But if you're doing Lords, then I would go with this, this uh, dream team uh, right. eleven. And yeah, now we have a real captain in root,
0: so yeah. Yeah. And uh just, just to oh, and Karuna, yeah. yeah, yeah, I think both of them are pretty good captains. Um yeah, but just to uh, expand on this this uh fantasy sort of scenario, um if if we had to have a franchise based test competition, who would be the eight marquee players?
2: Franchise based test competition.
0: Yeah. Eight marquee yeah, players. I mean, See, I want I to
2: get some hipster county pick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can, you can go ahead with one. Because I, I mean, it would have been Mayank Agarwal a couple of years ago. But uh, let me just let me just Google that while you guys uh, list off yours.
1: I mean, I, I don't know. I, I guess it's not going to be based on recent form. I, I think they're just going to go by heavyweights who are going to be the best batters and bowlers. For, so. It'll probably be the Fab Four as the four batsmen. And um, then as the bowlers, it's tough. But I think it'll be Cummins. Um, Ashwin, I can't. I don't think Jimmy will come in because Jimmy is 40 and you have this uh, issue with uh, rotation and stuff like that. So, I, I just think because of his age alone, Jimmy won't be the tough marquee player. So, yeah, you have Cummins. Uh, Ashwin, and I think I'll go with Jameson because he's the hot new cake in this uh, lineup and finally, maybe. Um, okay, I'll go with uh, a bit of a left field pick, and I'll pick Nodir.
0: So, so in my eight, I'm going a bit controversial, and I'm not including Joe Root, just because I think Ben Stokes is a more marquee pick than. Oh,
1: yeah, that's actually fair. I mean, yeah, you can exclude Joe Root for Ben Stokes.
0: So, and also, I think it would be. Uh, uh, I I I wouldn't have. Uh, Nokia or Jameson in this, I think um, it's still it that I think that's leaning on to a more of recent recent form sort of thing. I think we'll I'll probably have Barbara Azam in it because he's he's pretty good. One of Barbara Azam or Favad Alam for sure, and I'll have Manus Labshin.
2: So uh, if, okay, so I'll give a serious answer first, but so I think in when you're talking, if you're limiting it to eight marquee players, right, I feel mm-hmm. like you, you have to also look at the marketability of them right. combined with the ability. So I'd actually put both. Um, so I wanted to put Rohit, but Rohit is not a test guy that much. So mm-hmm. I would actually put Virat and Bumrah from India. I think those are the two, two guys that you used to sell this, mm-hmm. uh, Steve Smith and David Wander from Australia. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kane Ben Stokes, um, uh, maybe Kagiso Rabat. No, the last two was weird. Barbara yeah, I'd, I'd add Barbara as well. And who who would my last one be? Um, am I is there anybody from South Africa like that? Quentin Kock, yeah, so these would be mine, yeah.
1: And we are assuming this is does not take place in India, so Pakistan is, around. yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: Yeah, yeah, Pakistan. Yeah, exactly, all of that stuff. But if uh, for my uh, hipster pick, uh, I'd go Cameron Green. Uh, really, Cameron Green would be the 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 valuable commodity. The the, the all round figures in domestic cricket are just because I, I'm assuming. So if you're doing like franchise based cricket, right? Mm-hmm. It it I think there's going to be more teams. When it comes to test I think it's going to be county like and I think there's gonna be like a proliferation of talent. Yeah. Unless one team just kind of has more money and just buys everybody, like if it's like a real Madrid galactical situation. So I think in that case, a commodity like Cameron Green becomes like ten times more valuable. He won't be a marquee signing
1: of course. Right. Yeah. Um,
2: but yeah, he, he would probably end up being one of the most valuable commodities in the in the scene. Same with Maya Calgary, well, guys like that.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, would really, yeah, that's that's uh, fair. That's that's pretty fair, cause um yeah, I think if if it's going to be a franchise basis, not going to be just eight teams, probably be more. And yeah, I think we we see like more of these underrated picks being pretty expensive. Um, yeah.
2: you're baiting me into my uh, whole make everything franchise, but uh, that's a discussion for another day.
0: Yeah, I suppose we're not too far from it. Like maybe someday we would see franchise base cricket being being the uh, forefront of the game. Uh, But until then, I guess we have another World Test Championship uh, kicking off in just over a month. Um, Excited for it?
1: I am definitely always (laughs) like Test Cricket. So, that's fine. I mean, I'm always excited for more Test Cricket. But I don't see the ICC ICC making any changes. So, that's a bit of a bummer but
2: yeah. it's still
1: more test cricket and more test cricket is always
2: good so when you say excited for it I'm excited for the series itself Like, some there's some good series down the line uh, super excited for the Ashes actually but uh, as far as like their effect on the table like I
0: don't really care like I think that I'll, I'll get concerned about like two years down the line who's in who's yeah. out you know <laughs> I'm excited for the championship as a whole but like some of these individual series yeah all right so i guess that's that's a great way to um, end this long discussion that we've had it's been a, a long two years of the world test championship it's been a fitting finale maybe for it uh, and uh, new zealand the better team on the on the five six days of play uh, take the mace home and um, probably going to do a pretty good job of defending it uh, looking forward to uh, edition 2 and uh, I guess that is Alankrit signing off from here.
2: This is Anirudh signing off. We'll see you next time.
1: This is yeah. Anand, and soon the podcast cannot do without me.
2: <laughs> Unofficial third mic of the podcast at this point. So.
0: Soon to soon to make it official. So yeah, I mean, I guess uh, we're getting there. Um, anyway, yeah, see you guys next time. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.